this Monday, Apple had their annual Worldwide Developers Conference, or WWDC as we all call it, and we have the highlights for you. Now, I personally don't own any Apple products, so we've invited a guest who does. Uh, you know how rare it is to not use Apple products, Sergio, before anything, before I start anything? It's pretty rare. You're, you're like an odd specimen. I, whenever I work, it's, it's almost always on Mac. Oh, so you, do, you work with Apple products? Yeah, I do. I, almost every job I've ever had out on site has been on Mac. So I do know my way around um, Mac OS. Today we have what I consider to be an Apple specialist. He's coming to us straight from Denver, Colorado. Uh, Samuel Solis, welcome to the show. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. No, thank you for coming thank you on. for coming on. And it's early for you, so thank you for waking up early. No problem. I always like talking tech. Yeah, where are you at? I'm over in uh, Denver, Colorado. And what time is it right now? It's 9.30 a.m. Oh, that's not that early, man. It's not horrible. I, I, w- I got to do my workout already, so it's not that bad. That's good. There you go. Oh, there you go. So your your juices are flowing. You're fired up. You're ready, ready. to go then. And we are, of course, talking Apple. So do you like Apple? Do you use Apple products? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Apple uh, fanboy, if you will, even though I don't, <laughs> I don't follow all of the, the negative uh, guidelines of that description. Yeah, I own basically one of every Apple product, so... I'm pretty familiar with their... Give you a little store. Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with their ecosystem, <laughs> and uh, I love the way their products work together. So, was it exciting watching the conference? Did you watch it live? Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched it live. Luckily, I uh, I work from home, so... Oh, perfect. I get, to watch all those, I get to watch all those fun events, and I always look forward to them. I consider them take my money days. Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. Especially with E3 coming up, so that's something... Right, right. Something else that I'll have to worry about wallet-wise coming up soon. But anyways, um, we did want to talk about Apple, of course, and the conference because there's so much to cover. So what we're going to do is just go through the highlights. And are you going to give us a tour through that? Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. So starting off with the, the one that I think is the most expected is OS X El Capitan, which is their new OS X. And yes, that's the name. And it comes from a mountain in Yosemite National Park. Interesting little tidbit there. And as always, they have a number of new features and updates. I remember, I don't know if you saw this one, where it's like the cursor. As soon as you like get on the computer, you can move the cursor around and the cursor turns into this gigantic cursor just so you can find it. And then it shrinks back down, which is one of those little tidbits that they they do. And I just love seeing that kind of stuff. Did you see that one? Yeah, I love the, the little things that they do. That's the thing I love the most, especially during WWDC. Um, it's a lot of workflow improvements, a lot of little things that you don't realize cost you time. But in the end, exactly, yeah. In the end, once once you do have that ability, you realize, wow, you know, my workflow has gotten that much better. Of course, and I do like adding new gestures all the time. But there's so many that they add that uh, what I do like about the way that Apple handles gestures is that it's something that comes naturally, and that you probably wouldn't even have to know it exists in order to start using it. If you want to, you know, like how they started with pinch to zoom. Right. It was something that it was so natural. And that's what I like about them. Right. I mean, at first, um, I remember when I first got my my first, like, I guess, uh, gesture enabled trackpad MacBook. Yeah. I, I discovered the the motions as I was like, I had three fingers on my on my trackpad and all of a sudden my screen went to mission control. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's that's I think one of the things that they nailed so well. And it's those little details that make using a computer a more natural thing. If that makes sense. Yeah, more, more of an interface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Safari got an update on OS X, and they have a number of new things going on. They have pin sites, which are pretty much like if you click on a tab and you drag it all the way to the left, 
it is now called a pinned site, which pretty much means when you close Safari and you open it again, those tabs are ready and they just launch up right away. So let's say you go on email a lot. You can have an email app open. I mean, an email tab open whenever you're on. And it's just your favorite things like that. Did you see that? Do people still actually use Safari? That, that's the better question. That's I don't know. I do feel like they're <laughs> they're adding I mean, a lot to it that may bring it back and you know as a contender because you it's all it's been in the top three forever too though. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great browser. I like Safari, but I don't know when it comes to to all most online services. I use Google like with. Cl- yeah, oh, yeah Chrome. so Chrome yeah. Chrome is just a better solution. Yeah, and I mean, I, you can see that they're they're bringing things to the Safari browser that will put them back in that race. You know, they have yeah. audio detection. I don't know if you guys saw this. This is something that Chrome doesn't have, and I would love to see that on Chrome or Firefox. Um, I think Firefox may have it. But on the URL bar, if there's a tab that has audio, annoying audio from an ad or a YouTube video that you don't know about, you can click the little icon for um, the sound icon in the URL bar and you can just mute all audio across all tabs. So that is awesome. Yeah. I th- can, you inst- can you install extensions on Safari the way that you can on, with like Chrome and, and Firefox or no? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't use Safari, but... Um, Exactly. Me That's either. the problem. So with that <laughs> being said, let's move over to Spotlight. Uh, Spotlight also got some upgrades. Uh, it has smarter search. So let's say you're searching sports. It can bring up recent scores. Weather brings up the current weather. Um, but I think a more interesting thing is personal search. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, it's like Google Now. Yeah, it's pretty much um, their, their, their own version of Google now, but I think it's a little more detailed from what I've seen. You can search for friends and it helps you find related info. And apparently you can type mm-hmm. very specific search queries, such as emails I sent last month, and you would get results pertaining to that. So that's very awesome because that's how people talk. You know what I mean? When you're asking, let's say you have an assistant yeah. or a friend or someone you're working with, you would ask like that. Hey, do you know what we did? La, da, da, da. And I think that's what they're going for, which is, I believe, the future of search. I think too. That's what that's what Apple does, which I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. They take existing, but like we have Google now, existing products, yeah. and they kind of repackage them and improve they, upon them. They and make polish them, them, yeah. So yeah, I think that's what they're doing there. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Apple, you know, is in the game of we're not going to do things first anymore. Really, we're going right. to do things better. So they let the they let the innovation for like a product launch happen elsewhere, and then they just take that and just build upon it. For me, Spotlight was I thought one of the biggest parts of WWDC on the OSX side, just because as an SEO professional and doing a lot of SEO, the whole um, Apple getting into the kind of the search game kind of thing is really interesting to me. I feel like they're definitely building up to launching their own search engine Mm -hmm. and competing with Hmm. Google. Because from from my viewpoint, I see Google concentrating on a lot of services for customers. and, And I see Apple focusing on being able to aggregate your data much better yeah. through search. So I kind of feel like they're meeting in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is both companies are different and they have, you know, different things over one another. Um, I think right. we can all agree that Apple is design and hardware. Like that's like their big thing. And of course, simplified right. software, like not simplified as in dumbed down, as in just an easy way of using it. So it's not problematic. Now, Google, on the other hand, I'd say it's data mining. Like, that's the thing. That's their treasure. Like, right. It's all the data they have that allows them to do all these things because that's advertising. 
So it would make sense that Apple would use the ton of money they have to catch up with someone like that because you need years and years and years of data. And I know they're trying to go with the privacy route, but the truth is privacy is sort of extinct right now, as sad as it is to say that, because every single service you use, you have to agree to use. And in doing so, you're giving up that that privacy. Right. Yep. Well, I mean, you get benefits from yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you do. That's how we pay. I'd rather pay with my data than my money, to be honest, especially since I'm not, I'm lacking funds right. to pay for the, right. the things that I use every <laughs> single day like that. Right. But um, so getting back on topic, Mission Control, have you guys seen what they've done with Mission Control? I I honestly, when I was watching WWDC, I don't even remember the Mission Control part. So Mission Control, um, <laughs> I as someone who's on Windows, one of the things I do the most is Alt-Tab. Alt-Tab pretty much right. lets you see all your windows and, you know, move them around. Mission Control is that, is is the Alt-Tab kind of thing for, for, um, for OS X. So pretty much that means if you have a ton of windows open, a way to organize them is using Mission Control. And they upgraded it so they have new gestures for overview and... So you can easily select all your windows. It scatters all the windows, of course, like, like you're used to. And now what it does is they have split view, which is a side by side windows. And that pretty much makes it so let's say you want to have two windows open. You click one window, drag it to the left. Now it takes up half the screen. Then the other window you can drag to the right takes up that half of the screen. So you have two perfectly sized windows. And um, that's something that Windows does offer, like Windows Windows, not just like a window window, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> and one of the things that I, I wish they, they did was allow you to, let's say you have two windows side by side, and you want the left window to have more space. So you could just, you know, drag the left one over maybe a little bit so you can have a bigger window and the right one accommodates to the rest of the screen. But no one's done that yet. And I feel like that's something that you should be able to do. But uh, regardless, they also have um, an overview mode, which is um, move. Uh, you can move windows around to different parts, you know, when you're they're all scattered about and you can move them to the top of the screen. And this allows you to drag windows into different desktops. And I think this is awesome. Uh, desktops, of course, allow you to like, you know, sort of isolate your environment and have it. So, OK, so this desktop is just for work. This desktop is for research and, you know, things like that. So you can now you have all your scattered windows drag them to the top and arrange them to whatever desktop you want just like in little icons and then you can drag windows into specific desktops and it's very detailed and it's i think it's one of those things that you're gonna find naturally and you're gonna be like this is a great addition to osx right yeah it's one of those things that definitely improves the workflow now that you talked about it i remember it now from the keynote and yeah while i don't use while i don't use mission control that much or you know management of windows or desktops i could definitely see be, see it being very useful for um different applications different industries yeah. and um so that moves us over to the next highlight which is apple pay so have you have you been using apple pay oh i love apple pay i think that's one of the things that they they nailed correctly was getting all those all the legal stuff down for apple pay because there was the whole controversial thing going on with people trying to shut them down which is the most in my opinion idiotic thing i've ever heard it's like turning down money like making it right exactly making it easier for people to give you their money is something that they shut down you know exactly so i think we can all agree that apple pay has become the most successful e e-payment system i guess is what i'm looking for well what's i don't i don't have any numbers but i was reading an article the other day i actually think 
and I might be talking out of my ass on this one, but I, th- I think I read that the, the most successful e-payment right now is actually Starbucks. Oh, with their cards, though, or their they app? Have a, with the, yeah, they have a, an with the app. You can load money onto right. it and pay with it through your phone, and I think that has been... I mean, it's Starbucks. But can you so use that, that outside of Starbucks? But yeah. No, no, it's specifically for Starbucks. The thing is that I they know, offer rewards, sure, yeah. so you know what I mean? You buy with a, and then you get yeah. free coffee and all that well, stuff. Well, so that's, yeah. that's one of the big updates that happened to Apple Pay during WWDC is that they, they, they um, implemented being able to use reward cards for different uh, companies. Oh. So, like, you could use your Walgreens reward card. You could use your... You know, down there, you can use a Publix reward card if it's supported by the company, which is great. I think that was the one thing that was missing from Apple Pay, being able to accrue points via reward programs while you use exactly, Apple Pay. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's one of the problems I've had with I, – I used Google Wallet, you know, for since it's been right. out. Now, one of the issues right. I've had with – before that, before all of this kind of um, payment system uh, – is that I'd have all these cards in my wallet for different rewards, such as like the Walgreens. And then I'd have, I think, um, uh, the theater cards, like different theaters have different rewards and you'd mm-hmm. have all these cards. And then I just decided to skip out on them. And, you know, there was a burrito card I had that still has like nine points on it or something. But, you know, so <laughs> if they can find a way to just put that in a single app, I think that's five years from now, all all that we're going to do is just have all that stuff together. And it makes sense to, to see that these days. And one thing that they also announced was Square. You guys know Square, right? The the mobile payment system that you'll see people, you know, who are selling yeah. Like yeah. little small businesses using it. They they have this um, a Square built reader. So you can buy this and you can, you know, put it. Let's say you have like a donut stand. I don't know why I came up with that. Um, you can put the little Square reader right in the on the top of your little stand. And then people just scan their Apple Pay on top of it. Yeah, it's just, you know, taking advantage of the system and and making it, like you said, easier for people to give businesses their money, just making it as seamless as possible. When I go to Whole Foods now, you know, I just, when I go to pay, I just raise my wrist to the payment system yeah. and it's it's awkwardly easy. Yes. And, and you know what? I can do the same thing with like a QR code on my, like I have a Google watch, like an Android watch. Right. And I can do the same thing. But you know what I've noticed is that I stopped doing it because it brings up so much attention. Like people are like... <gasps> Like, you know, it's like you're, you're yeah, the future. Yeah. And it's so weird. So I'm, now yeah. I'm like, I feel so normal pulling out a wallet to scan it, you know? I think maybe it's just... Right. No, I, f- I feel you 100% on that. I uh, I feel the same way. I like It's like a social anxiety via your smartwatch. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, also, one thing they did um, to close off on the Apple Pay is Passbook is now called Wallet. So... That's mm-hmm. you know a cool thing too. Sounds fam- sounds 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 familiar. Yeah, I have a wallet as well. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but you know we can say vice versa too because Android dropped Google Wallet and they started Android Pay. And the reason they're doing that is because when people say right Google um uh, you know Apple Pay and they'll see Android Pay, it's so simple. You know what I mean? It's just a way for the person who knows nothing about the companies themselves and just uses the products to say, oh, I have that. You know what I mean? It's just a simple way of putting it. And Passbook sounds way better as a wallet, in my opinion. I understand what it is now. Yeah. And then moving over to Apple Music. Apple Music, this has been, in you know, rumored for quite some time. And it's finally happened. People are sort of surprised that it took so long because Spotify has been in the States um, from UK. I, f- I forgot what year it was that they came to the States. And we had to sign up for it. And, and me and Ricky, we got it. And um, then I moved over to Google Play Music. And I'm sure people on Apple were waiting for their own proprietary 
streaming service, especially since iTunes is around, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I've used, um, have any of you guys used Apple Music? Sorry. No, I think the only way you can get it right now is if you have a dev account and you have the uh, beta version of iOS 8.4. Even then, I don't think it's live yet anyways. Mm, I see. So I don't, think you could sign, I don't think you could sign up for it. I think that's why they're giving you three, three free months when you do sign up. Oh, wow. I, yeah. So your first three months are nothing. I, I, I sort of wanted them to do like a sales because um, Google Play Music, this is something sort of weird, but I pay $8 a month for Google Play Music because I signed up when it was coming out. So I think I pay the right. least amount than most people out there because I think the least is ten bucks, isn't it? I think I pay. I think I pay seven ninety nine for me, Spotify. Me too. I, I pay seven ninety nine for Spotify, yeah. but I think that's because we were grandfathered. I think, yeah, in. same thing. So pretty much, I'm surprised they don't have something like that. Yeah, because you know the amount of sales you get are insane. There wouldn't be a way to be grandfathered into Apple because Apple didn't. Right. Really yeah, have but they should like have early before, signups, so. maybe you know something because. But then again, Apple is sort of notorious for avoiding sales, if possible. You know. Well, they're giving you three free yeah, months. So, yeah. so I mean, that's a that's a good that's a good amount of time to compare whatever service you're using now with iTunes Music, as well as if you like iTunes Music, you could take that time to switch all your you know playlist over and all that stuff and create it in iTunes Music before you delete your Spotify or whatever you're using yeah. at the time. So what's Sammy? What what kind of sets Apple Music apart from say Spotify or Tidal? Which I hope I hope Tidal <laughs> finally goes away because Tidal Tidal yeah. is just silly. I'm an audiophile and I like high quality course, audio people, and I yeah. have expensive. He- yeah, and Tidal is just their whole marketing and business plan is silly to me. Yeah. So dumb. A hundred percent silly. But what I love. Oh, go we ahead. Drake. We had we had Drake sell Apple Music. So. Right. <laughs> we don't need all those. Stars. I had to mute that. I had to mute Drake because that was so awkward. I know. I yes, it was very weird. Yo, yo, he, he started from the bottom. <laughs> right. Now he's yeah, there, guys. Right. Come on. From Degrassi, right? De- well, actually, Degrassi's not the bottom, though. Let's be honest. Jimmy, man. Now Jimmy from Degrassi. Okay, but anyways, I'm sorry, I cut you off. So what? What I love personally about Apple Music is when Apple bought Beats by Dre. When that was a service on it its made, own, it made perfect sense um, to be honest. It was like a sale that just made yeah. Sense. I mean, I I loved Beats. That's that music service. I what I loved about it was its algorithm in terms of choosing the next track for you whenever you would start a random playlist or whenever you would you know start a radio playlist. Yeah, anything like that. I never had an experience where the next song was like, oh, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. It was always surprisingly, wow, this is like the perfect next song. Yeah. And way better than Pandora. Oh yeah, God, like yeah. It, better than anybody did it at any better than anyone yeah. at the time, and that's what I loved about it. But I didn't switch over because I didn't see enough value in that to take me away from Spotify. Yeah. So I got really excited when Apple bought out you know Dre and all their stuff, and um, now that they're releasing iTunes Music and seeing you know the setup process for the for the app itself, I saw it looks basically identical to what Beats looked like in terms of setting up your profile and picking out what genres you like, etc. So I'm really excited to see you know how iTunes implements that if it's changed at all or if it's the same, if it's just the same service with just Apple over it instead of you know the Dre yeah. uh, graphics. So will this be integrated into yeah, iTunes it's, or it's, it's one yeah, app? It's own, it is. I think, yeah. Okay. It's in okay. your. Right. I think it's in your. It's all in your iTunes Music app. You know they have the benefit of having probably the biggest digital library. You know I they think, have the I Beatles. Think they have thirty-seven. Right. They, they have the Beatles streaming. That's massive. That's that was their biggest thing for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Music was. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, 
you know, the, the radio side of it, I think, is what puts it over the edge, what adds that extra value that could definitely bring people from other services. I mean, you have a you have a 24-hour radio music service yeah. from, you know, New York, London to L.A., so it's really, it really is 24 hours. Yeah, they have hours. Beats 1, I think, by, uh, what's the name, yeah. the DJ? Uh, uh, Zane, yeah. Zane Lowe from uh, BBC. Zane Lowe, who I want to I wanna point out is probably my, f- my favorite dj from the bb yeah me too BBC, me too BBC he's Radio. amazing he's he's awesome i'm super happy that yeah. he's behind this because he he obviously more than drake zane Lowe adds another level of uh, yeah. legitimacy yeah. for yeah. me and for, for me it's uh, trent reznor adds a huge level of legitimacy one of the things that oh, there you go, yeah. i sort of wish they did that spotify brought up newswise is podcasts integrating podcasts because i feel like that's what's replacing radio in a sense and i mean they have Apple has podcast the app. Why not just integrate? Get rid of that app. Integrate it into iTunes. Have one app with everything there. Right. I would say, as a marketing person, I would say that that would probably cannibalize because you have BBC. You have the Radio One now. Yeah. Or not Radio One, whatever it's called. Um, oh, Beats, Beats one? one. Yeah. Yeah. You have you have Beats One now with iTunes, and you know, making people choose between should I put on this live radio that's going on, or should I, you know, find a podcast. I feel like I feel like Apple wants to make that two different experiences mm-hmm. and not keep them in the same app because then especially on a new launch because then you know to get complicated more are used yeah to I can hearing, see what you mean yeah right it gets too complicated it gives you more choices this I also feel this could potentially bring not that it's gone away but it could potentially bring radio back and kind of bring it back into the mainstream in a, in a new right. form obviously but I listen hey I'm surprised that honestly the the media that I probably ingest a lot of my information from is the internet and radio. I listen to a lot of sports radio. I mean, yeah, it's it's sports, yeah. whatever. But it's surprising to me that I listen to so much radio being like, quote unquote, a child of the future. You know, I'm a lent. Do you do do you do it via the internet or like through your no? Car yeah, okay. I, I don't do it analogly. I don't do it through a, a car stereo. Okay. I do it through my phone, and I listen to. To ESPN, the Dan Lebertard show, and there they have a new format that really jives with millennials. They really use like polls, they use you know online polls, they use Twitter, they use Periscope. They're really engaged, and I feel like it's you know a new wave of yeah. radio. As long as as long as Poppy's still on that oh, show, for I'll sure. be a fan I love Poppy. of his. Poppy is everybody's Poppy. Yeah, and, you know, sure. um, this is pretty much the big thing because they're, in a sense, la- the last ones to the party. You know, like we have Spotify. Right. This is, I think, the biggest one. Um, and there's music. There's a bunch of other streaming services. And the biggest thing to me is seeing if people are the way they are with Facebook with, like, their streaming service. Because, you know, what happens with these things is that you create playlists. You create your custom playlists, which are really big things to people. So I feel like if I was on Spotify, which I'm not, um, and I had a playlist, I would think I want to move this over to Apple Music if that's what I was going to do. Now, that reminds me of Facebook and Google Plus. Remember where it was Google Plus, in my opinion, was a better version of social networking. But the thing is, people have all their photos and all their friends on Facebook. So why why Eve? You know what I mean? If it's a similar service, do you have to? So I think that's one of the things that Apple is going to be going through. I guarantee you people will be going to Apple Music. I'm just not sure how many are willing to migrate when they have all of their playlists and, you know, custom stuff on Spotify or other services. Here's the make it or break it for me, and you guys might know the answer to this. Is is there plans to uh, for Android users to be able to access uh, 
iTunes Music or whatever. Or sorry, yeah. Yeah, I believe it comes out in the fall for Android. Perfect, because I mean that. This could be the service that for me I'd have to try it out, but I mean I might ditch Spotify. Yeah, and if it integrates with your right. account too, because that's the thing that people do like. The reason I have a bunch of Google products and services is because they all integrate so well. Same with Apple. People love it because it integrates with their services as well, you know? So I don't know how it'll go, but I feel like they're gonna be successful regardless. Right. I mean, I think I think Apple, what they're great at, whenever they enter a new uh industry or sector, whatever you want to call it, is that they disrupt it, they mix up the pot, it's status quo, they mix up the pot, and they see how it exactly, settles again. Yeah. And and more likely more likely than not, Apple's going to be yeah, up there. Of course, and that know? brings it up to uh, Apple Watch, which is another field that, in a sense, they came into, I think, second, maybe? I mean, no, no, actually, like, third or something. Let's call it, like, there's Pebble Watch, and then there's, you know, a bunch of other smart watches, and then Google came out with theirs. Now, Apple Watch is out for a while, and you have one, correct? Yeah, I have one. I've had one since uh, beginning of May. Do you have the ten thousand dollar gold one? Yeah, I do, man. I have okay. two. Actually. And how do you like it? <laughs> one, I I like it a lot. I um, you know, it's a brand new category for a lot of people, and so you really don't know what to expect. There's not really an expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, you just for me at least, I knew it was an Apple product. So what I wanted out of it at the very least was functionality and you know, good design. I never really was a watch wearer before, so essentially I was getting it as just base level a watch. That's what I was expecting yeah. from it. And as I've been using it, you know, I've found a lot of uses for it, particularly the activity tracking. Um, the activity tracking for me has been great. I've lost a bunch of weight since That's I've good, had man. it. Nice. It makes you it makes you really aware of how lazy or yeah. active. And that's you such are. a big thing of of, of weight loss. It's just keeping on top of what you're doing and that's you know why i think fitness bands are a big thing too right now people have them and i've seen them everywhere what's the the fitbit is every yeah fitbit and jawbone um you know i think for me i think wearables their biggest use is in the health space you know i think eventually you'll be able to have you know smart bands that could take like your blood pressure yeah things like that I'd say five years. It's oh, yeah. so common. I'm sure that's right around the corner too. The the Apple Watch has diagnostic ports in it that you could actually connect a smart band to. If you ever if you've gone to the Apple Store recently, um, and you see the the Apple the Apple display units that have like the iPad the iPad attached to them, I was wondering how how are they getting video from the Apple Watch to that iPad? And they have a Thunderbolt cable attached to the Apple Watch. Because there's a little diagnostic port where the bands yeah. slide in. So technically, you already have that yeah, ability. Yeah, I'm a little surprised why that was sort of kept under the sheets or whatever kind of metaphor I was looking for. Because yeah, you've got to have something to yeah, announce next year. that's what it is. But, um, you know, the thing I'm finding is that still a lot of, a lot of uh, smartwatches are very new. And for the most part, what I've been using them for is getting rid of notifications because... On my phone, like if I leave it alone for like maybe an hour or two hours, I'll be flooded, flooded with stuff because I don't want to reach in for my phone, look at the, you know, unlock and do everything. Right. I know it's it's still a short process, but I dislike doing that. I love looking at my watch, swiping, deleting, doing whatever I need to do. Right. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things. And it's also a, a contributing factor to battery life. Phones don't last as long as we want them to. And if you spend a lot less time checking your phone all the time and just using your watch instead, that's guaranteed to save you some battery life. Yeah, I've gained I've gained like half a day. I have a iPhone six plus, so it has a huge mm-hmm. battery in it. I usually normally get 
you know, of normal use, I'll get like two days. I can yeah. push it to three. And now I get like an extra half, half-ish day, maybe a little less, a quarter day because of using my watch. And like you said, just basically notification management on your watch. I also, I mean, I'm a big fan of as much data as possible. Give me a much, as much data, as much knowledge as possible. So I just love being able to glance at my watch and seeing like all pertinent information, like weather, you know, how much activity you've done, um, date and, you know, yeah. dates obviously and time and all, the, all that good stuff. I feel like it's a much, it, it, it really depends on what kind of person you are and how you like to digest your your information and your mm-hmm. data but if you're someone that loves to get information as much as possible as fast as possible then a wearable i think is a great solution i agree that it's very niche right now but if, i think eventually people will see of the course. value it's, in it i mean that you described it perfectly and that's i think what apple should actually use to market the thing it's your important information at a glance because that's what that's what it is you know right. like you don't well that's that's how they sold it that's how they sold it at the beginning when they first launched it they were like look yeah. this this is meant for like at most 15 to 20 second interactions. It's meant for you to just get quick views, quick glances. I mean, that's literally what they're called yeah. glances at your at your watch to get, you know, small amounts of information that'll help you yeah. along throughout and your day. I, I remember I'm sorry, so, yeah. I have sorry, no, no, no. no I was just sorry. gonna say I remember people were constantly asking me when I had like I, I have my like my LGG watch since it came out, like day one. And the first mm-hmm. thing people would say is do you talk to it? And no, you can't. You can't talk to it to tell it things, but you can't use it as a phone. You know what I mean? And I think you can. You do that with the Apple Watch. Yes, you can, but I barely ever use it just because. That's it's what really I was awkward. going to say exactly. People always felt let down when I'd say you can't use it as a phone. Yeah. Uh, but then again, it's just it seems like it's such an awkward thing to do. You know, like you don't want to be the guy in public. You are. I would not. I would not care. I'd I'd pretend I'm in Star Trek all day long and just like. But that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're in a in a a place with a lot of noise, people are just going to hear the crowd too. Well, not not just that, but if it's like a private conversation or something, you know, it's basically it's basically speaker. It's like oh, I got that ward again. Yeah, and you know you don't want that. Right, exactly. (laughs) What I've what I've found and it's useful like when you're around the house or something, and let's say your phone's in the room charging and you're doing something in like the guest bedroom, you know, picking up stuff, whatever. Like my fiance was in there and she was cleaning up something in the closet and her phone rang, but she didn't have her phone near her and she used yeah. her Apple Watch. So it it does have its yes, moments, exactly. but it's not it's not it's not a it's norm- a good option, right? It's not a normal use thing, and people expect it to be just because you of know. Of course, Dick exactly. Yeah. So I have a question to kind of wrap it up a little bit, and this is obviously purely speculative. We'll never have an actual answer to this, but I I think I read recently that um. And I feel like Apple's kind of going into a new golden age. And I, I read that Steve Jobs was actually very against the whole music streaming and all that stuff. So do you guys think that if Steve Jobs were still alive, we'd still kind of we'd be having this kind of new type of innovation from Apple? Yes. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know how it would, you know, obviously we don't know how exactly it would be. But right. I think we'd have something along the lines of what yeah. we have. So the thing now. is that quote, like there is a quote about Steve Jobs talking about streaming services and how people aren't owning their music and they want people to own their music, hence buy a track for 99 cents. That was how many years ago? Maybe right. like eight, you yeah. know? Right. Now, yeah. the, the thing is, you have to be with the times. And that's just something that everyone knows, you know? Right now, it's streaming music. And he was not an idiot. He would, I almost guarantee you he'd be in the same boat as Apple is right now. Because it just doesn't make sense to try to be like standing by what you said before and then refusing to believe that the times have changed and now people like to stream their music. Right. So it's just a perfect evolution 
working as it should be for technology. Like, that's how it is. That's people are streaming. There's more data being pumped out. And, you know, I, I that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I think the Apple Watch was the first uh, product that Steve Jobs had minimal or no yeah. input right. on. And, you know, you can't um, people die. That's just the sad truth. And you have to right. a, a right. company right. has to continue going without the, the leaders that made it what it once was. No, I was just going to say, I think I think they're in good hands with Tim Cook and, you know, him being a logistics yeah. guy. Um, I think I think helps the company a lot innovation wise. You know, I think Steve Jobs left it really yeah, the well. Framework in the framework has been set. You know, I think I, right. I think I think with the culture, a lot of what he believed and a lot of what the values that he set um, definitely do continue yeah. in the company. And you know, it's good to see these these conferences keep going. Um, I liked it. I liked what they what they've done, but it, in a sense, it felt more like an update. And that's what these are, though. These de- these developer conferences are always updates. So yeah. Did you like it? Were you happy this year? Yeah. I was happy. I'm always happy with uh, whatever Apple announces. I always enjoy it. I was really happy with the watch stuff. That was what I was most excited about. Yeah. Um, OS 2, as well as Apple Music. I just want to see what that's like because I like Beats so much. So as well I'll definitely I, yeah, be checking well. that out. And, you know, in the fall. thank you so much for being on, Samuel. It, it means a lot. Uh, it, we don't like to make it seem like I'm a Google guy, so I'm going to talk about Apple. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we appreciate having you on. Right. No problem. Uh, I Where love can my we time find you great. on social media? Um, all of my social media is under A-P-H-X-T-W-I-N-I-N. And that's on Twitter, on Instagram. And yeah, I kept my Facebook that's private. So. We'll, we'll put that. We'll make sure to list that below on the show description for you guys. So make sure to check it out. And awesome. um, once again, thank you for having us. Because you, you know, well, actually, I think we're having you. I keep making that mistake. But <laughs> thank you for having. Yes, thank you for exactly. having me. Uh, like with Google I/O, there's a lot we couldn't get to, but make sure to check the show description, guys. We'll have all those links as well as Samuel's info on there for you, so you can check them out, talk to him too. And yeah, thanks. Great. Have a great day, guys.